1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
2: Welcome to the Next 7 Days podcast series, where we break the season down into week-by-week segments, bringing on a new guest hunter every week that specializes in their time frame. We're starting off September 14th and running to November 30th covering every segment of the season starting with early season into the October lull into the rut and the secondary rut so let's get ready to hunt for the next 7 days welcome to the whitetail legacy podcast coming at you episode 3 of the next 7 day series and I wish you could hear the crowd in the background screaming cuz we're covering September 28th through October 5th and that sweet sweet October 1 opener. It is finally here for us Midwestern boys, the time to shine or oh, what we've been waiting for all summer long. All winter long is finally here. It's the time to rip. Time to get jacked up about deer season and that is what we're gonna do with this episode. Justin Hollinsworth has killed nine bucks in the first week of October. Some absolute slammers. He's on a slammer right now about to kill. As we speak, um, we cover his perfect setups, what the bucks are doing, how he targets a buck this early in the year. We go over uh, food plots, acorns, bedding, cold fronts, scouting new property, dealing with hot tents. We cover a big variety of topics in this podcast, and you guys are going to enjoy it, I guarantee you. Um, just a little tidbit of info here. You might hear a familiar voice in this episode. Um, this was an episode pre-recorded before homie decided to step away from the podcast. So we get his sweet, sweet voice on here. Um, bopping back and forth with mine during the episode. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get into the people that make this possible. We're going to get into the show. I'm going to keep it short and sweet for you guys this week. Starting off with Exodus Outdoor Gear. You guys are in the market for a new cell cam. Look no further than the render. Right now, they have a smoking, I mean, absolute smoking hot deal for a brand new render on their website. Some of the lowest prices I've seen all year, and you're still getting that five-year no BS warranty right out of the rip. You put that camera up day one, you got five years. You can leave it out there every single day. Still getting that theft and damage coverage as well. So if you guys are in the market for a trail cam, look no further. If you're looking for that last-minute arrow switch, you got your bow out late. The MMT arrows are flying true, and I cannot wait to paint one of those white and uh, black arrows red. Um, Next, let's get into afflicted broadheads. I'm going to be shooting the new K2 fixed. I did talk to you guys about their mechanical, their hybrid mechanical. I did shoot that all the way out to 45 yards field point accurate really pleased with the way that that broadhead was flying Um, but i still am going to go with that k2 fix just because i've heard so many good things about it Um, but if you guys are looking in the market for a new broadhead check out afflictor broadheads um, and see if they got anything that might pique your interest Um, like i said i'm shooting that inch and eighth fixed blade k2 Um, next but not least is next level deer supplements if you're in the market for any supplements get some bucks in front of your trail cameras Given the best nutrition pro- possible, um, Next Level Deer Supplements is your go-to. Check them out at nextleveldeersupplements.com. All right, guys. So let's get into this episode and get ready to hunt the next seven days with Justin Holmesworth. Here we go. All right. We got one of our favorite ever guests coming to grace us with this present tonight. How are you doing tonight, Justin? Good. I'm great. How are you guys? doing good man i appreciate you coming on and recording this episode with us um we were trying to think about who was the absolute best guy we know at that um really tough october first of october time period and me and homie both are like man we know who's in that spot um to fill this void that we need and it was you um so we'll get right into this but i'm sure everybody that's listening this probably knows who you are but just do a brief introduction of uh who you are and some, maybe some of your success in October.
1: Um, I'm Justin Hollandsworth, uh, born and raised in Ohio. Um, uh, kind of hunted a little bit all over, uh, mostly Midwest. Um, you know, like a lot of guys just started hunting off, you know, start bow hunting when I was a kid. Um, and then just, you know, like we all do and kind of progress, you know, progress over the years and try to, fine-tune our skills and try to, you know, adapt to every situation a little bit better, but probably, I don't know, uh, I probably, um, uh, probably, I guess known or whatever you want to call it, uh, being part of, you know, Lone Wolf for the last probably 20 years and being good for, you know, being good friends with the DeQuistos and, um. Uh, and using their products and I think that's probably helped me out a lot along the way and uh, being able to put their uh, put that equipment to use I think that's really helped me over the years but I've, I guess uh, fast forward um, I've just kind of fine-tuned it over the years where my first two weeks of season are probably um, that's my bread and butter
2: yeah, we're always like, all right. If something's about the eighth, he'll have one dead already. We'll <laughs> we'll get the, we'll see the post. <laughs> something's dead. I, I, killed, I know. I think I know it's
1: last... four. I think it's killed four on the eighth. Better, yeah, right? yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. what I was
2: thinking. I I know that was your day. I'm like, okay, the eighth. That's that's his day. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on the eighth. That's gonna be the the slam dunk. But I know this last season you were all over that deer in October and just gave you the slip a little bit there for the first first while, but you end up closing the deal on him anyways. (laughs) This took a little longer
1: than normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should have killed him on the second night of season. I was actually wrong. Yeah. (sighs) yeah. See, that's just too late.
3: Yeah, That's crazy because um, about October 8th is when I feel like, you know, you're going into season, you're all hyped up, you're all jacked up, hopefully you got one close, and then you go in there a time or two maybe, and then by about October 8th, the, the hopes and dreams start going down. I'm like, shit, he's changed. Like, I got to get back on square one and start moving around for him again. So it's, it's crazy that you've had that much success um, in the first eight days there. I, I'm
1: a bit, I, I'm just, I tell you what, over the years, um, I, I still think it's so stupid that outdoor writers actually put out uh, that there's an October lull um, mm-hmm. years ago. I just think that is um, I think that's uh, probably detoured a lot of people over the years from not hunting. Uh, Maybe they get after it for the first five days of season and then they, and then they, they back off and then they don't get back after it heavy until late October. Um, God, I just think you're missing some of the best days of season uh, when you do that. I think, I think, from the first to the fifteenth are uh, the best days of the year.
3: I agree. I agree. I, I agree.
2: agree. I've got I've got two on the fifteenth, and I got one on the eighth. So the eight, I, the, I, the eighth the, is coming in yeah. strong
3: right
2: here. <laughs> so in the last I love yeah, that day. six or seven years, I got yeah two. Homie's got one on the first, bro. Right off the <laughs> rip. Just one.
3: one. (laughs) Plus
2: Plus, 23rd and 25th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, but all right, well, we're going to get right into this. We're talking about that first week of October. Like you said, a lot of people are, they might hunt a couple days and they're like, oh, you know, they make up a lot of excuses that time of year that they're not out there hunting. Uh, We're going to cover a lot of those excuses in this episode, but for you, what is the absolute perfect setup that you would want for that first week of October if you could pick a buck to be doing anything, what would you want him to be doing?
1: Um, if I could pick one situation and what he's doing the first week of season, it would be as showing up on, it doesn't matter what kind of food source it is, but showing up at either right before, um, it, well, it just depends. It depends on if it's a morning or an evening for me. And it depends a little bit to, um, uh, the moon doesn't dictate whether or not I hunt or not, but it dictates where I'm going to position myself, if that makes sense. So, um, it depends on what the deer is doing as far as like, if he's about to crack daylight or he is cracking daylight and that's preferably on a food source, um, uh, because I don't, I don't, I mean, a tail is it's food, 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 food. I mean, all the time until last part of October. I mean, up to that point, that's that's what I'm looking for, and it's whether it's whether that be from an observation of either putting some glass on him and figuring that part of it out, or from a camera standpoint and seeing that. That is the perfect situation for me if I see a deer about the crack daylight um, or, or at last light on a food source um, sometimes I think we're sometimes we're our own worst enemy and trying to play it too safe and wait till later in the year when we think they're going to get a little squirrely and wait till the end of October or something like that to catch up to them. I think, I think why not go in and and get aggressive and get on him right away? And if he's screwed up, who cares? you got plenty of time to recover.
2: All right. Well, that, that drives us right into our second question here. Um, you know, what does it take for you to, to go in there for the kill on the buck? Is it, you know, one trail cam picture of him in daylight? Is it a couple? Is it one encounter on the field that you see him in daylight before season? What's it take? For you to pull the trigger on that early of a hunt one time one time one time what? whether it's a trail cam, trail cam or uh, an actual visual sighting one t- one time in daylight or close to daylight you're going to go in there and give it a shot
1: uh, one time okay, i'll say this so one time with the same wind if it's going to oh, okay. completely if it's going to completely switch like say he just showed up and broke daylight and, but the next or the following day, the wind's going to be different. Um, that might that might hold me back um, from making that move. But if I look and I see it's going to be exactly the same, then um, yeah, you just got to try it. I mean, we're our biggest enemy. Um, I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that I have, Um, I've missed out on plenty of big deer over the years because I've literally talked myself out of something.
2: Yeah. I feel like we've done that too. Early season, you're, you're trying to make the decision. I really like the wind um, bringing up the wind there. That is something that, you know, if it switches, you'd be like, man, he was there last night. That would be a huge factor, but if you can make it work, you would want to try, but that would be a hard, a hard one to, pool but that would definitely be something that you would want to look at. Um especially if like you said it's the complete opposite he's probably not gonna leave he's not gonna enter the field at least at the same same spot you wouldn't think and that that's gonna be you know could be a devastating hunt right off the rip
1: there. Well the other part of that too is so say you take that gamble and you go in there on a different wind and maybe the deer comes from a completely different direction that you're not expecting or the worst possible thing that could happen is you set in there and he doesn't show up. Now you climb down and he cracks you leave it. Now it's just twice as hard. And it, and now it does, now it is going to take some, some time to recover. Um, but I would be if, but if the wind stays the same and I go in there and say that plays out and he does crack me, uh, I, I don't know. I'm better with, I'm better with that because um, at least I tried it. At least yeah. I went for it. Uh, it wasn't a, it
2: yeah, it wasn't an error on your part. It was just, you had, you know, shit luck. It wasn't, you went in there on the wrong wind and made, you know, made a mistake. It was, he cracked you getting down, it's dark, really nothing you can do. But if, like you said, if he, if he cracks you off the wrong wind, smells you or sees you, I think, just what I've seen over the last few years that I've really been getting into it is it seems like if they see you they really will bug out you know if they smell you you might have another shot at them it's not definitely not good but if they actually visually see you hear you get down or whatever I feel like
1: you're you're in trouble um, at that point like you said I tell you what if they see you and smell you um, you get your hands full because if you if they get both of those two things um i've said this for years you could take 50 people and put them in one room and if you put your you put your blind dog in that room your blind dog is going to find you you cannot tell me that deer does not know your scent now yeah and he and he and he knows that's danger and so i i just got a feeling that if 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 you got if you got cracked by him smelling and seeing you, um, you, you got your work cut out for you, especially early, for early season. Anyways. Yeah. for Early season.
3: Mm-hmm. So having, haven't said what you've said so far, Justin, um, I, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but you're not going to hesitate to go in after a buck in the morning in the first week of October here.
1: No, no, I would go in for sure. Um, I just think that it's just real easy to talk yourself out of it, such a an in in early part of the season because you always think in your mind that um, you can play it safe, and you know you hear a lot of guys, you know the the old uh, um, like a spokes from you know, spokes of a wheel or a rim, and starting on the outside and like kind of like slowly working your way in. I think that's I think there's a time and a place for it. And I think sometimes early season, it, it, it can be that, but I think over the years, one thing that I've, um, I've came to, um, the realization is that if a deer does something and you don't jump on it the next day from either seeing it on a trail camera or an observation and you got the wind, um, make a move and go for it. And if you screw it up, who cares? You got a lot of season to make it up. Um, And, and then you can, you know, you can bounce around, but the biggest thing, I mean, you, you have to stay, you got to stay mobile and, and be willing to not get lazy and, and adapt, you know, to, you know, whatever situation you get thrown at you.
2: Yeah, that's one reason we wanted to break this series yeah, I, down uh, in weeks because uh, during that time period of the year, especially a week is like a century for how you're hunting these things. I mean, they're they're making so many moves that early in the season. It's like, okay, they're on the food. Now they're off the food. Now they're, you know, on the acorns. Now they're off the acorns. Now they're in the dough. It's like a boom, 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 boom. And it's um, like you said, if you miss that opportunity right off the rip and you don't take advantage of it, um, just like homies buck last year, if we would have been like, man, he's here. If we play it safe, you know, we'll, we'll, well, it's hot today. It's supposed to rain. Like there's a lot of excuses, but we, he went in there as tight as he did and he ended up killing him. If we would have missed that opportunity, uh, like we seen last year, we were on a giant um, hunting him. And then, you know, a couple, not even a week after we find him, he's dead. So you don't have a lot of time sometimes to even, be able to kill the deer without someone else killing them also so you you got to strike when the
1: iron's hot for sure and i mean that's the other situation that you know you just threw out there so you know um you know outside pressure you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you're hunting it doesn't matter if you're pri- you hunting private or if you're hunting uh public i mean there's there's always other pressure besides you and those are always things, other things that you got to throw, you know, um, into the mix. I was in that situation last year where I knew a neighbor that was right over by me and he was hunting right on the fence row. He actually cut some trees down to shoot into my field over there. And, and, um, you know, you just gotta, you gotta be aware of of everything that's going around, around you as much as you possibly can. And maybe that's even on a night that you don't hunt maybe you take a drive just to see where other trucks are parked and get a feel for you know maybe what else you're dealing with in that area maybe it's nothing but or maybe there's pound in it so um that sometimes will make me get more aggressive um knowing those types of things sometimes where um you know, if I know other guys are pounding ground all around me, then, um, um, you know, that's, that sometimes will just make me just go for broke. And if I screw it up, it's like, who cares, you know, like whatever, like, but I, but the other part of that too, is I don't, I don't like being, I mean, I'll hunt one particular deer most of the time, but man, I hate to get in that situation anymore. I like to have you know, I would prefer to have two or three that, you know, if they walked in front of me, I would I would release an arrow on and, and be completely happy with. Now, I think over time, guys get a little more picky. And I know that I definitely have over the years. I mean, everybody's got their different level of, um you know or caliber whatever you want to call it of an animal that they're after and maybe it's an age class or maybe it's a you know antler size or whatever it is whatever trips your trigger um um that sometimes too will factor into you know maybe you found you know five 140s and 150s and you got one that's 180 and well you, you know what we all kind of do. We're gonna chase the one eighty. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's just yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. So, so that sometimes throws a little, you know, you know, wrenching the spokes a little bit when when that when that comes about. But you also have to be active on um other pieces or um, you know, checking cameras and 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 glassing and because you never know when something else might move into a spot. Um, you know, especially when they start to the transition from, you know, that, you know, that velvet to uh, you know early season. I mean, I've had plenty of deer that did not summer on me all year long. And I literally from you know, keeping some detailed trail camera records sat back and waited and kept my fingers crossed and hoped that these particular bucks that I was, you know, wanting to show up and they show up and that right there, um, I like that more than anything because if I know of a particular deer and I'm just waiting on them to show up in a, a particular spot in early season, um, I know for a fact of anything that I've done on that place, they have not. Uh, we've not ran into each other, so as soon as they move in, um, they're fresh. They're yeah. fresh. You go in. You go in and you kill them. Uh, I've had really good luck with that, and just making you know they pop up on a camera or whatever, and I've went in the very next day. You know they pop up in the ca- that camera for the first time all year, and then I went right back in, and I went in that very next day and I've killed them. Right, away. you know they showed up one day, I killed them the next. I, all right, before we get the wood, I, woods, I, I
3: out, really like out. that, 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 got that I think out. that is something I'm. Yeah, I think that's something that I'm really going to put in my bag of tricks there, because I I really like that approach to it. Um, That buck's fresh in your area. He's still trying to get everything lined out and around. So um, he is probably the most vulnerable there, I would say, for the first two to three days. And uh, if you got a pretty good idea from previous years of history with him, um, you can definitely make a very educated move and get in on it. You you nailed it right
1: there because he's super vulnerable at that point because he's back into that property and he's trying to he's trying to make his rounds and figure out what's going on if there's other bucks in there to compete against where the does are at he's going to lay down some sign let everybody know he's back in town and I think they it's almost yeah I mean it could be the first week of October but they're almost like pre run kind of the they have mm-hmm. that vibe to them and they, they're guards down. Um they're and I think they're very vulnerable.
2: All right. Well let's get into these would you rather I'm trying to break up the middle here, make it a little less tactic, a little more fun here. Um all right so you got a white hot acorn flat or a prime
1: food plot. What are you going to? Um I guess the situation, I guess it's what kind of terrain that I'm hunting. I'm, I'm hunting big woods or something like that. Um, I don't know if those acorns are freaking. they're like candy. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I know it's a tough um, one. It's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, but it just, but on the food plot side of things, it's, um, it has to be exactly what you planted in that particular area. And what kind of access that do you have to go in and out of it? Um, I don't know. I like food plots. I do a lot of food. I am all I, yeah, I, I think
2: I would rather pick a food plot, especially if there was a buck that was close. Cause like you said, you, you probably have a better wind on that food plot. You probably have a better idea where that buck's going to come in. Um, I mean, you're not in the middle of the timber. And like you said, you also have some better access to get there more than likely if you set it up to hunt. Um, All right. So you got a buck hitting a scrape or, you know, where a buck is betting, which, what's what's your go-to
1: there? Betting. Betting. 100%. If you, if you know where he, if, if you know where he beds, uh, I mean, that is a, it's a done deal. Um, All you got to do is be smart enough to realize and understand and read sign of where he's wanting to go and feed. I mean, if you, but if you got his bed, um, you, I mean, it that could, I mean, to me, that's that could be like taking candy from a baby. All,
3: All right, right. Uh, target buck or a buck, a random buck that's ten inches bigger.
1: So, are you talking a one eighty or a one ninety? or 190 or 200 (laughs) (laughs) or are you you talking 140 or 150 let's see that could that's all over the place yeah Um, yeah
2: that's that's a tough one but yeah i mean you got a target buck you've been targeting for a couple years um let's just say he's say he's like 165 right he's real solid real good and that's what you're guessing because you don't know exactly what it is so he could be a little bigger a little smaller and then you mm-hmm. got a buck that just randomly showed up that's 10 inch. You were thinking it's 10 inches bigger. What what are you going with? Are you gonna target the your and they're both you feel like they're both killable, they're both the same killable.
1: Man, I love shooting, I love shooting bucks that I got history with. Um, yeah, that kind of really, I don't know. But 165 or 175? Shooting
2: one seventy five. <laughs> I am right there with you. The the man. I'm like, if they're both killable, I'm like, I'm all. Uh... In my mind, I was like, I'm gonna kill the random buck because I don't have any data on him. My target buck, I probably got data that I could kill him later in the year, and that'll be my second buck.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, and you guys got a little different mindset because you're on the way, you get two buck tags. So my mindset is here. In Ohio, we got one buck tag, so it's like when you're done, you're done, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes. But well, your target
2: buck, if he lives, you got a lot of data to kill him next year, and he could be bigger. So True. I mean, you got yeah. you got you got some, you got <laughs> some sure. pros there. I'm I'm taking deep into these. Would you? Yeah, those are. I'm writing it down. All right, homie, hit him with the the last last one.
3: You got the last uh, one? cold fronts coming in. Yeah, I got it. Uh, cold front coming in or a low pressure area.
1: Ah, uh, cold front, but the day after a cold front. Yeah, yeah. I prefer a lot of guys like a cold front. And they like I don't know. I've heard, I I've heard that before. Guys like the hunt uh, the front end of, uh, of a cold front. I was willing, is coming in, but um, the day after cold front when the pressures when uh, when you got high pressure um, is much better in my experience yeah i've seen that too
2: i've been out there when it's real crappy and when you get that front you normally get some rain and it's just real kind of foggy and crappy and you're out there like oh this is it and then you don't see anything you know and you're like god that was a giant waste now all your shit's wet and you got to restart but go ahead homie i interrupt you what you got
3: to go another oh no it's just like when that front does come in it's like they need that night to get up and keep moving later in the morning for the next day. And that's, that's kind of the trend we're seeing after talking to, you know, everybody on the show is is there, everybody's leaning more towards that day after that cold front hits.
1: It's almost as if uh, like that front comes in, they get uh, really, um, I don't know, it's like the deer moving, gets like really stagnant and it's, and it's just slow. It's, and they're laying on their bellies and they're just waiting for everything to go by. And then it's almost like, it's almost like they got let out of recess or something the next day and they're yeah. excited to be out running around. And, and, um, I mean, it's, it's nuts the day after that, cause then you just see, I mean, you see deer all over the place. I mean, um, so I definitely prefer the day after a front for sure.
2: All right, getting back
1: into our next
2: questions here. Still talking about that first week. I know last year we kind of had the cool connection with you. We got to see some uh, pictures of the buck that you actually end up killing early, and you you kind of found him a little later in the season. Um, so this is – you just pick up a new property. You got no scouting on it. What are you going to do? It's the first of October, first week of October. What you, what do you, what's your plan?
1: 1st uh, of October, I might set back for a day. Um, something happened here. Um, so, um, new property, just got access to it. I might set back for a day and watch it um, and just observe it. Um, but, I hate not knowing what's going on on a property. And I might just go walk the whole thing and, and I might just, just go in and, and, and try to bump some deer, see where the deer are bedding, see how they're traveling. Maybe, maybe jump a good buck, um, whatever, but I'm going to go in and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to walk every bit of it, to be honest with you. I don't uh, they'll move back in. you can't burn them you can't you can't burn a big a big deer out of his bed. Um, they 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 bed there for a reason and and just because I learned this a long time ago that um, you know through trial and error that you can bump them you can bump them and they're right back in there the next day. Um, so I would rather know all the way I would like to know the way the the land lays. I would like to know what, what's going on with the sign and even hopefully get a visual of, of a big one getting up. Then I, then that's when I start my hunt. Okay. Right on. That's probably what I would do too.
2: I'm terrible about oh, one more hill. We got to see what's going on over there. I, I got to know. <laughs> I got to know what's up this ridge and terrible. And then you're seven miles deep and you're, and you plan on going a mile. <laughs> um, but,
3: but after talking to you, guys like you, Heat Byron, um, you know the guys that are out there scouting, like the last two years, we've kind of shifted more to more scouting during the season. And like three years ago, absolutely not, like staying the hell out of there. But I feel like the last two years, we really have done more in season scouting, especially with the stands on our back, as we're we have an endpoint. And if we get hung up on some hot, good looking stuff before that, we're going to set up there if we think it's right. And I think that that's really helped us, um, have better odds and better hunts the last two years.
1: I, I mean, that's, I think you nailed it. I think you're, I mean, you're on it, um, when you're doing that and, you know, um, you know, you got your gear on your back and you're in there and, and, getting on the latest and freshest sign, I think, and you're, and you're set and you have everything to, to to get set up and, you know, make a move on one. I, I think that's – I don't know. I, don't, I think it's crazy, like, st- a lot of these guys are still hunting these ladder stands and stuff like that, like, <laughs> you know, it get so stationary in these spots. Like, um, you, you have to – you have to be – you know on the move yeah we we burned ourselves a couple years ago we we
2: had some mobile stuff wasn't very good um and then we went and pulled cams for some reason and then went back to the truck and got all of our stuff and that was like the light switch to be like if we just had all of our shit on our back the whole entire time instead of leaving and then going back in there again like you're sneaking in to get the cam now you got to sneak in there a second time Mm uh you could have just set up and been ready like it and now we're going back to the truck getting our stuff getting more sweaty now going back in again just bring all your shit pull the we i don't think we pull cams without a if we pull cams without a stand on our back, it's because we strictly went out there to pull cams and like, yeah,
1: we're not hunting. hunting. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: There's no, it's just like, throw all your shit on, pull this cam on the way, go to where you're hunting, you know, looking for sign. Uh, But like you said, I think a lot of guys are so staged up on, like you said, an area spot. And they're missing out on all the opportunities of just seeing other ground because you're going to a
1: different area. You well, know? oh, you think you think about it. You so say you're, you know, in some kind of special forces or Navy SEAL or whatever you might be. Like, you think those guys go into combat without not, you know, not having like all their shit together I, and everything. Like, I mean, when you're when you're when you're going after a big deer, I mean, you want to have everything set a certain way and be very methodical about your gear, your approach. And I mean, it's like when you're you get one under, you know, when one gets underneath your skin, it's like you're coming back and you're you're preparing for war. And you want to make sure that if you run into what you think that you might run into, whether that whatever kind of sign that, that is, you want to be prepared for it. And you want to be able to make a move right then and there and not jack around and go back to the truck and go and get this and get that and heck who knows it might take you to the next day before you get back in there now your opportunity is blown because of of you know what you were doing before in there and now that deer you know maybe you you missed him you know maybe you messed him up a little bit now he's not going to do what he was doing yeah i agree i
2: agree i've come back to a hunt where i was a lot of times our season starts on Friday for shotgun season. And I wasn't able to take off work. So I was going to go pull a cam to see where I was going to set that next morning. Um, Went in there to pull the cam. Didn't stop by and get my gun on that home. And then here comes a giant chasing a doe and literally 10 yards from me. And I'm like, I could literally be tagged out right now and hunted for five minutes not even got to the trail cam yet, but I didn't take the 10 minutes to stop at home and grab the gun and go out there. I was just like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to grab that cam. It's right on the edge. Probably no deer there. I'll grab it. I'll look, see what's been there. And then I'll decide where I'm going to hunt from there. Um, if I would have just been prepared to kill why I went out there, I would have killed that deer. Sure. Uh, would have, would have, you know, been bucked out that year. So um, definitely, like you said, if you're going to go in the woods and any any mindset of I'm probably going to hunt tonight, just take all your shit and be ready. That's why, like you said, we, we got what I consider the best gear. same gear you're running. Um, We both bucked up and said, Hey, you know, this is a lifetime purchase for us. We're going to be doing this. We're spending the money. We're getting the best there is. We're not messing around. And uh, I'm more than happy with mine. I got, I was like, what do I need, dude? What is the setup that I need? And you, you're you like, this, 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 this. I'm like, all right. That's it. I bought it all. I was like, okay, that's everything. I got I got it all. So uh, um, the only thing I would throw on there, which a lot of people probably think is dumb, if you're going to be a mobile hunter, you got to get a bino harness and not carry binos in it. and Just carry your straps and shit in it.
3: <laughs> And then all day since, put the fucking snacks right in there. Yeah, yeah. All day sits. You got the audio
2: in there, the snacks in there. Everything's right here. Your straps when you're climbing are right here. And then you got to have a guy with you that you're like, "Hey man, let me borrow your binos." And then you don't have to carry binos.
3: <laughs> it's a win-win. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we, hey man, we we figured perfect. out that pro- we figured out that problem. Do you see our new uh, little backpack that goes underneath the stand? Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you can th- yeah. th- that thing. You can throw everything in there. Your straps, yeah. your your range finder, like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Cody's got everything, but the kitchen sink in that thing. He was, I know, I did that. that I was like, shit, day. dude, there's a ton of stuff in that thing. Um,
2: one thing I will shout out is that bow holder is a lifesaver. Um, you don't oh, yeah. realize how much a pain in the ass screwing in a bow hook is until you have that thing. And you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm good, like, it's right there. Um, but How many I, times...
1: I, How many times have you guys put a bow hanger in a tree and because of the situation and how, where it had to go or whatever, and you had to reach for a bow like up high or too far to the right or too far to the left or whatever, like that's, I've gotten cracked by other deer before, you know, reaching for a bow or whatever. And having that off to the side like that, now um, I put mine on my seat, um, right there beside you. Lot, yeah, a lot of guys put it down on the on the platform, uh, but I put mine over on the seat because I'm always I'm always self filming. Mm-hmm. So um, I I'm I'm a left handed I'm a left handed shooter. So the the one problem with that is all the screens are on the left side of the camera so i'm forced to set it up on the right hand side so i take my bow and i put that um i put it on my seat and then it makes the bow set kind of forward in front of me so when a deer comes in i'm able to reach up turn my camera on and then take my left hand and put it on the bow and take it out of that move my camera into place and then i switch hands and and then then get on the deer but it cuts cuts down on a lot of movement
3: and one thing with us is we have two tree stands up there and so we have four straps for that we have camera arm and then each of us have a book bag or some sort of bag and then Mm -hmm. now you're trying to throw a bow in the tree that you know is you know you can hug around and it's just too much shit. Somebody's getting stabbed with a broad head. Like, having yeah. that thing out there is yeah. is perfect. You know, it's yeah. away from the tree and gives everybody a little bit more breathing room. If you can oh, go out sure. there and hang a bow hook in the
2: right spot, first rip, you're <laughs> a pro, bro. It's like the third <laughs> yeah. try for me. Hang it up, set down. Nah, that's shit. And I got to move it. And I move it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little better. But it needs to be right here. And then about the third screw, I get one. And I don't know what they make those bow hooks out of. They got to make a sharper bow hook. I'm not
1: a weak
2: guy, but man, they're they're hard to get in the tree.
1: There's one by, uh, what the hell is that company name? Easy Crane or uh, uh, something. Oh, um, something Crane, I thought. Um, That is the sharp, that, that, I swear to God. You barely even press on that thing, and it, it could right. be you could be setting in a freaking honey locust as hard as a rock, and that thing just goes in like butter. Man,
2: yeah, that would be good to invest in too. Just be able to hang your backpack and shit too, because man, it's just like it's all I have. It's hard, it's hard, hard to get in oh, homie. Homie's seen the bow hook that I got. It's the best one I got. It was in a tree for about four years, and I repurposed it. It's like a, a it, thing that you would hold a fishing rod in your garage, it's not even a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker is solid. We boat. hung the stands
3: We hung the stands just perfect. ain't nothing been in that tree for six years. We hang, we go, we hang in it and go up there and Cody's like, oh shit, bow hooks already in here from the last yeah, time. It's God, so
1: that's I was just like I'll I'm find I'll find a link to that and I'm going to send that to you guys. Okay, because yeah I need you. a I need a solid one because
2: the ones yeah. I got are
1: are junk they're junk but you'll love these these guys are. it's just a small little company they don't they don't endorse anybody they won't sponsor anybody they're just uh man those are the no, whatever they're doing with those threads they, they are got it down. they do it's i mean I, I swear i mean it is like you you don't have to put any pressure on it at all it just goes right in nice
2: all right well last topic here and we'll let you go like you're stating earlier, people come up with a lot of excuses this time of year not to to hunt, let alone go after the target buck. And I feel like this is the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest excuse is you got hot tips. What do you do? Say that again. You got hot temperatures.
1: No, you got hot, temperatures. hot temperatures. What do you do? Um. Well. <laughs> I've I've shot two different bucks when it was been like upper eighties. I passed up a deer a few years ago that I killed the following year. It was 91 um, that day. I don't know it. the deer, you know, sometimes in those cases, like, you know, I'll try to get on some water, um, you know, find a little, you know, a little water hole, you know, that's leading out from where I'm suspecting them bedding to some food. I might set over that. Um, um, sometimes when it's, I don't know, but then there's other times your gut is like, eh, like it's way too hot. Like this is, I'm probably better sitting back and waiting. Um, but you know, say you only got – say you're out of state um, and it's early season and, you know, you only got three or four days, then, then um, I don't know. I'm going to try to get tight right up on those bedding uh, on what I think might be their bedding area because there's going to be a lot of foliage at that time of the year. You're going to be able to – you know, the grounds, you know, it's going to be – you're not going to be dealing with all those, you know, crunchy leaves that sound like potato chips as you're rolling through there I mean you're going to be able to slide in get tight on them and use that you know that foliage as your cover and and slide in and I don't like to go and hunt very high then um I will try to hunt you know anywhere between five to ten feet off the ground at that point um that kind of keeps me in the cover uh, a little bit um and you know and a lot of times, too, if you got a trail that maybe there's a, a you know, a big primary scrape or something like that on, um, you know, they still want to go nosing around those things and, you know, on their, on their way out uh, to feed. But it, the movement's going to be, you know, really late uh, in the evenings, and I probably wouldn't hunt a morning then because of how much sooner they're going to be back to bed.
2: Yeah. We killed homie. The second buck we killed. What, what was the temp? I know there's lady bugs flying and it was hot and I was in a t-shirt and it had and, to be 82, 83. It was yeah. in the eighties. Then we did exactly what you said. Went in tight to a bedding area next to water and that buck come out and drank water for a minute <sighs> had his head down in the water drinking for like a minute and a half straight. Just mm-hmm. drink, 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 um, you know, and we were, we were right there. Um,
1: But if you if you can find that situation and you can I mean if you know of a good buck and it's hot like that and and you think you can get on them on you know some little water hole or something like that, I tend to see them like that. I don't know why. I've always wondered about this, but I don't see them like to, to drink out of flowing water as much as they do out of a little like a seep or um You know, or just a nat little natural water hole that's just holding water or whatever. I, I don't know why, but I don't see them drink out of, you know, creeks and stuff like that as much. But those little tiny water holes um that you can find um can be pretty killer. I actually just built one on uh I I I ended up I bought 75 acres here not too long ago and I I put a water hole in purposely. Um that leads from a big bedding flat. There's two big points, and on those points, um, there's a little opening back in there. So what I did is I went back in there, and I killed everything, tilled everything, and then planted switchgrass and blue stem back there, so I can get them to bed on those flats and in that switch on the way on, on back there. There's a little, uh, there's a little logging trail um that the the gap because there's a gas line on on that property that leads out to like a two acre what i'm going to put into a two acre food plot. so and it probably stretches probably anywhere between five to eight hundred yards and what i did there is that i planted uh clover and chicory all the way down it leading up to that big food plot but as halfway in between there there's a natural water hole that I found over there. And I thought, boy, this is going to, this would play out perfect because there's no water up top and they come down off those flats or that switch and they work their way down. There's a real good chance. They're going to feed along on that clover and chicory and maybe hit this water hole before they head out into those, you know, those open food plots for the evening. So I kind of purposely, um, designed it with uh, uh, with a purpose with a, a certain winds in mind and, um, and and a certain access to where I can kind of vertically come down the side of this hill and use that hill as my cover to pop into that tree to overlook that water hole and that strip of clover and chicory yeah
2: that sounds perfect perfect setup but yeah, it's that that's like you said. I feel like that this time of year, um, people have a lot of excuses why they're not hunting, um, and they I feel like a lot of people are just waiting later in the year when they think it's going to be better. Um, but the main main reason I wanted to have you on, you've had so much success, and I know that you'd be the type of guy to say, "Don't wait, you're missing up on your opportunity." If you got something popping go after it. Um, if there's anything else you could say, um, to the listeners about this time period, um, what would it be?
1: Um, don't be, don't be your worst enemy, uh, as far as, um, making a move on a deer in the, in the early part of the year. Uh, I know it's really easy to, um, uh, set back and try to play the the patient, you know, the, the patient game. Um, to me, I think a lot of guys are making mistakes. I think I've killed, um, if I look around here, one, two, three, four, five, six. I've killed nine bucks in the first probably two weeks of season. Um, and all those deer almost every single one of them was the first time in and it was all based off of either an observation or from either glass or from a trail camera. Um, You know, and yeah, there's others. There's some bucks too that I, that I didn't kill because I, you know, I got aggressive and something didn't quite go right or the deer didn't show up that night, whatever. Um, But, I would, say, I would say you're going to run an 80% chance you're going to kill that deer in the first two sets.
2: Nice. Well, like always, awesome guest. I uh, appreciate you coming on again to the show. Hopefully it's not the last time we can bug you over the years here. Um, always think of something um, clicks in our head when we talk to you, so we appreciate you coming on. You guys, can, you guys can have me
1: on any income you guys want, man. I always like hanging out with you guys.
2: Well, that is a wrap for Episode 3 of the Next 7 Days series. I know there is some information in here that you guys gain that hopefully gets you on that buck early in the season here. This is a really good time to kill those big bucks. Um, if you can get one patterned and get in there and get on them, um, it is time to rip. I hope you guys are really excited for season. Appreciate you tuning in to this podcast. The numbers are doing great. You guys are leaving the reviews. I appreciate that more than you know. Um, if you do have a second, please leave me a review. Let me know what you think about the season, um, and that would help me out greatly. Appreciate all the messages I'm getting about the the series and uh, just hunting and journal. A lot of questions coming in, people getting fired up for deer season. Um, get out there, man. Run those cams. Make the moves and and try to make it happen. Um, I believe this is going to be the best uh, Whitetail season you ever had. I um, appreciate you listening to this all the way to the end. Um, like we always say, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out to becoming in new ear holes next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time with Episode 4 of The Next 7 Days.